Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are on Healthy Love. And this podcast is all about helping you be happier and healthier in relationships. I'm Cynthia Clark, your host, and I am a relationship palmist and heart harmonizer. If you're looking for long-lasting love, you can go to loveinyourhands.com and you can find your soulmate match using palm reading as the way to do it. Today, I have a very special guest. I'm so excited. She's got so much experience. Uh, her name is Carolyn Bishong, and she is a dating coach and marriage counselor with over 30 years of experience. Uh, this is just so incredible to me because we can, we're going to learn so much from her today. And she's um, had several published books, as well as even appearing on Oprah. So super excited to have you on the show, Carolyn. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm glad to be here. So I just like, I'm, I'm blown away by your experience. This is so cool. <laughs> well, you have to be closer to my age instead of yours to have this much, but. <laughs> but I'm super excited to talk about, um, you know, the mistakes people make because I'm sure you've seen everything over yeah. the years, how people just, they, they just don't quite understand this whole love thing. It's like we go to school we study, you know, academics and we study, you know, math and science and English and whatever else, but we don't really study love. And no. <laughs> sometimes I feel like they should have more classes on love. Well, they should. I sometimes I feel like trying to write a book for for schools to so that they learn it early instead of making all the mistakes and then coming to see me. Yeah, no kidding. And then we have our family and our parents, and it yeah. seems like we don't necessarily learn healthy habits from them either. No, that's the biggest problem, actually, is that we learn unhealthy habits from them because they didn't learn it either. So yeah. here we go. We copy the same things, and we, we usually swear we won't do what our parents did. So sometimes we do the opposite, or we just fall into doing what they did and don't even think about the mistakes. We don't even recognize the mistakes we're making until yeah. it's too late, usually. Oh, I know. It's so true. <laughs> so, so how did you get into this? How did you get into doing what you do? Well, actually, my parents fought all the time, stayed married for 39 years, and, and it was horrible the whole time. They fought constantly, and I was the oldest child. And so when they would start fighting, when I would start hearing the noise level rise from their bedroom, I would go in there. Luckily, it wasn't something else, but I would go in there. They would be fighting, and I would talk them down. I tell people I became a therapist at the age of 10. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it was the field for me to go into. There's no question. I actually started out in early, child, in early childhood education thinking I could save the children. Wow. <laughs> to help the parents to save the children. Mm, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, so probably, you were probably really mature at a young age, it sounds like. I was. Too mature, almost. If you look at my high school pictures, I'm kind of looked too serious. Hmm. Nobody knows the burden I'm carrying. Yeah, I was always accused of that when I was young, too. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, why don't you just be a kid? <laughs> Listen up. Have fun. I had some fun. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> and I had tons of fun afterwards when I got older. So. <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm having all the fun right now. <laughs> yeah. 
I lived in Aspen for nine years and really had fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm seven years here in Aspen and it's, uh, it's mm. an interesting place for sure. Oh, I didn't know you were in Aspen. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a lovely mountain town for sure, but mm -hmm. um, I'm actually getting ready to move to Sedona. Mm, okay. So, oh, yeah. to Arizona, because yeah. I have an office in Arizona, too, in Tucson. Yeah, yeah and that's Denver. awesome. Yeah. yeah, we have a lot. It seems like we have a lot in common. Common, more than, yeah, more than we knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, so let's talk a little bit about some of these mistakes that okay. people make. All right. So, so you, um, you wrote a book about this. Yes, I did. And it was from learning from all of my clients and seeing all the mistakes that they made and, of course, making many of them myself. But these are the basic mistakes that almost every couple makes. So, yeah. So, um, so I have a list of them in front of me. Right. Uh, yeah. Let's just kind of go through them so everybody okay. knows. Okay. Now, and, and, uh, and I want to talk to people, too, about just because it's a mistake. I love how you put it. Smart people make. Yeah, um, because you know we are smart. We're we not, are. We're not we smart. know how to climb the ladder at work. We know how to do all kinds of things. We exercise well. I mean, we try to eat well, but people usually don't even know the mistakes they're making until they've made made them severely. So the first one is forcing intimacy. Now this one is uh, most of my dating clients, females, make this mistake. Some males also. And that is chasing after someone, yeah. you know, trying to turn something into a relationship before it's time, trying to call some, some guy their boyfriend. I mean, in my dating clients right now, I mean, one of them in particular, she just constantly, as soon as she goes out and she's online dating, I'm mat not matched, uh, one of the others. Anyway, when she, go when she goes out with a guy or anything, she immediately just starts texting him constantly, wanting to be with him. What are you doing? Um, what's going on? And all of that. And when she gets a big clue, like um, a clue like he isn't interested or he's got a girlfriend or something like that, she just keeps trying to reach him. Mm. Sorry about that phone thing. I'm trying to turn it off. That's okay. <laughs> I got it. I think. Yeah. Well, I, I made that mistake with my very first husband, so I totally right. get that. I chased him all the way to Alaska. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I skipped out on my college graduation ceremony in order to see him. And oh, oh my goodness. It was, um, you know, I look back on that and it's like, you know, I probably should have gone to my ceremony like that, you know, because yeah, that, that was significant. Yeah, right? that was a huge sacrifice for me to do that. It was. And here's what happens is when we do that and we chase and they don't reciprocate and everything. First of all, it damages our self-esteem, totally. but it also scares them away. They're like, whoa, what is going on here? Are you desperate? Are you needy? What what is it? And it scares them away. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. And we end up resenting them. Mm -hmm. Like, I sacrificed my college graduation for you. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And now you're going to act like that? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't make that deal. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's sort of funny. Looking back on it now, it's like, okay, I can be a lot more um, just gentle with myself about it. But yeah, it's so true. So. Um, 
Well, and um, I mean, men often rush the sexual intimacy and women rush the emotional intimacy, but they don't often understand, the women often don't understand that the, if the men get the sexual intimacy, they're often done. Mm-hmm. They often move on, especially with all this fast dating stuff that's going on right now. Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. So, so what's the second one? Um, but let me go back to the first one and just say you must take the relationship slow for it to work. Yeah. One date a week or less and no sex for like at least five dates. And my clients just take me for this because they usually have sex way sooner than that. Wow. That is great advice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And keep dating other people until the the person you want is committed to you. Mm -hmm. Don't just focus on him. Right. And, you know, I'm talking mostly, I guess, to women, but it's true about men, too. I have men who make this mistake as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Slow it down, people. <laughs> yeah. Slow it down. And in this day and age, it's hard to get them to. I know. We're so impatient. I know. <laughs> we want everything right now. Right. And with our cell phones, we can usually have it. I know. It's true. But, but yeah. not long-term relationships. No. If yeah. you're looking for something long-term, something that's going to sustain right. the years. Yeah. Right. You, 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 there's things you need to do. So that's, mm-hmm. that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. Okay. So the second one is expecting your mate to read your mind. Yes. You, you mean he can't read my mind? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, most of my clients that, uh, or people who make this mistake think he should know that's what I want. He should know that's how I feel. Mm. No, not unless you tell them. Exactly. Men don't think the way that we do. So thinking that he's going to realize that that's what you want. I mean, a a good example is like birthdays. You know, there's so many women that get disappointed about he didn't do anything for my birthday. We didn't go anywhere. He didn't plan anything. He brought me some flowers at the grocery store. Oh, for Christ's sake, I hated it. Right. Mm, Well, did you tell him what you wanted? No, I expected him to remember and I was testing him and I wanted to know, well, are you planning for it to blow up then? No, you, you talk to your mate, you tell them what you want. And birthday is just one example, of course, but you know what I'd like to have for my birthday? You know, I, I, I told my guy a couple years ago, Cabo, (laughs) Cabo and the beach. Okay. We haven't been in a while. He's like, okay, (laughs) not his first choice, but yeah, but it, but if it's for your birthday, then it's what you want. Well, exactly. But it's true about also about housework. It's true about, I mean, all the issues, they have to be communicated. For instance, when I'm in a 31-year relationship and we had both houses for a while and, and just went back and forth to the city home and the mountain home. Um, but then he sold the city home and moved in with me. and. Uh, before he ever did that, I sat down with him with a sheet and I said, here's, here are all the chores. Which ones do you choose? <laughs> <laughs> went, oh, well, uh, I guess uh, vacuuming and dishwasher. I go, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's perfect. Me and my husband, we've, we've made the same kind of agreement. Good. Like, yeah, you, you do the laundry and I do the cooking every night for dinner. Right. And right. it's, and it's perfect. 
Yeah. Right. And we, we share in the dishes and stuff like that. And right. You know, it's like, so it, and it makes it so easy because it doesn't Look, have it to become does a big it. issue. It's it not a big test. It. No. Yeah. That's so perfect. Yeah. I right. love that. So, right. I was just at someone's house the other night and she was making something for us, you know, dinner for us. And I was trying to help. And she said, you know, my husband never helps. Hmm. And I, I told her what I did with Alan and she said, that was smart. <laughs> she hasn't right. done it. And when you affirm the negative all the time, it's like, well, what are you going to perpetuate? Exactly. So, it's that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So um, number three we have is playing the market. Okay, I'm going to back you up again. I'm sorry. Okay. Can I? Okay. Sure. I want to tell you how to fix it. Um, okay, each of, yes. and of course, it's communicate, but yes. I have four steps to healthy communication. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, let's hear. Yeah, I feel blank when you do blah, blah, blah. I want this. I want you to do this or I want these things. Okay. Will you do it? Asking for a commitment. Mm -hmm. Number four is the hardest. If not, this is what I'm going to do. Mm. For instance, I may stop cooking if you're not going to make a deal with me about this that you do the dishes or you cook every other time or whatever. Do you see what I'm saying? I see this is what I feel. This is what I want. Will you do it? If not, this is what's going to happen. This is my boundary. Hmm. So setting up expectations. Yes. Yes. And doing it in a way that's um, completely manageable. Right. Instead of screaming at somebody when they don't, damn it, I'm sick of doing dinner every night or I'm tired of this or whatever. That's what most people do. Right. Instead of mm -hmm. say what they feel and why, you know, what's going on and what they want to change and then say what will happen if they don't get it. I love that. That's so straightforward and so easy. It is. It really <laughs> is. But where would we have learned it? Yeah. Parents? No. We no. Again, it goes back to like, we need this class in school. <laughs> yeah. We do. We like, need. why doesn't, why don't they teach this in school? I know. <laughs> yeah, this maybe, is so Maybe great. I will write a textbook for it one of these days. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, so playing the martyr, that, um, that sounds like one that I've seen, especially with the older generation. Yes, it is. They give and give and, and, and think they're doing the right thing. You know, there's this belief system that if I am good and I'm sweet and I'm nice and I do the right thing for people, then they'll give back to me. Nope, nope, not true. Okay, when you play the martyr and you let people take advantage of you, then you build resentment and it kills the relationship. Because you just keep trying harder under a false premise. Mm -hmm. Overgiving to other people does not make them give back to you. It often does the opposite. Right. It often makes them wonderful takers. Mm -hmm. And they get set in that way. And they don't even know they're doing anything wrong. Because no. you've been taking care of everything. And it seems like it's your choice. So why, why should you be upset at them? That's what they think. Right. So it's a false premise. Mm -hmm. And um, the key to that is don't give more than you get. You know, just a quick example I usually give people is, you know, if someone asks you to take them to the airport, mm -hmm. then is that something that they would do for you? If not, don't do it. 
That's great advice. Yeah, absolutely. Stop and think. Well, is our relationship the kind of relationship that they would do this for me? Mm -hmm. Hmm. No. Yeah. Then I'm going to resent it. And I say that sometimes to people. I could do that, but I will resent you if I do it. So I'm not going to. (laughs) Right. And again, it sets up that um, uh, just the awareness of the reciprocation in a relationship. It's like, well, I look at all the things I'm doing for you. What if, when, when am I going to get this one little thing that I need from you? Exactly. But you have to make it clear that this is going to be an equal relationship. Now, this is kind of a reverse in that um, the guy, I, we're not married, but my boyfriend of, 20, of 31 years, um, at the beginning, when we would go out to dinner, he would always pay. And I let him at the beginning. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I said that we went to like five-star restaurants. And I said, you know, I want an equal relationship. So here's the thing. I can't afford my 50% at all these five-star restaurants. So what I'm asking you is, could we like tone it down a bit? (laughs) Sometimes get burgers or pizza. (laughs) I want to pay my half. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, I guess. I mean, it never entered his mind. He was an old-fashioned kind of guy that he should pay. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I guess we can do this, but I don't mind paying. And I said, you will. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> will eventually. This, yeah, you will eventually if we stay in this relationship and you always have to pay. And yeah. it's funny, all my girlfriends were like, God, he could save, he probably saved so much money this way. <laughs> <laughs> I said yeah. he did, but I felt happy and proud and equal Yeah, for our entire relationship. So. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. Get out of balance. Yeah, that's perfect. So it's good. So you would advise people to take a look at where they are just always giving, 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 Mm -hmm. and then really say, well, maybe I should ask for something in return, or maybe I should have a conversation about, hey, maybe once in a while you could do this. Right. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Okay. So, so what's the next one? Okay, the fourth one is thinking that you are always right. Uh, Self-righteousness. You mean I'm not always right? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I remember once when I had the attitude with Alan, my guy, and I said something about, well, you know I write books on this. Like, I'm always right. (laughs) I don't care if you write books on this. My opinion and my thoughts count too. I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess My so. such a he, um, he actually tells people that I'm right. 99.5% of the time. <laughs> really? That's yeah. Weird. So he's, he's just so sweet about that. <laughs> and it just opens the door for me to say, well, honey, you're right. All the, almost all the time too. It's just uh-huh. You know, sometimes we just think compliments back and forth. Yeah. Sometimes we just come to the same answer from different perspectives, mm-hmm. which I love too, because that's the, mm-hmm. the yin and yang kind of energy. I love that. No, it is. And, um, Alan will say things like, um, okay, you're right. I know you're right this time or whatever, because, but he, he always has to think about it for a little while. And then he'll come back to me and say, okay, you were right about that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I do it too. I do it too. 
Right. And, and the bottom line with this one, I think, is it's okay to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Just because oh, it, is. it doesn't yeah. mean you're, there's anything wrong with you or that you're a bad person or yeah. anything like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have emotional reactions and we're not coming from a place of, you know, that tranquil, calm serenity, you know, so we just, we just react. Right. And it's like, well, okay, that's just like, it, it happens, but it doesn't, right. make, it doesn't make it bad or wrong or, or whatever. It's just. No, and, and I think that that's, what's important is to go back and admit that, okay, you were right. I was wrong on this. You have to be vulnerable. Yeah. Okay. So that is the opposite of self-righteousness mm-hmm. It's being vulnerable with your mate. So at times if something's happened and I really stood my ground and I was wrong, okay, mm-hmm. you know, I'll go back to him and say, you know what, when you said that it reminded me of my dad and how he used to say that to me. Mm. And then he would go, but I was wrong. I tell him. And then he really gets it. It's not just you're right and I'm wrong. It tells him the vulnerability of why I behaved that way. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, because when you're vulnerable, they know you're not self-righteous. You can't be both at the same time. No, you sure can't. Mm-mm. And it's and that's how you create that closeness too, I it think. It is. Yeah. It is. So sometimes now we'll be watching a TV show or something and he'll be like, Oh, is that how your dad acted? (laughs) Was this a story about you? No. (laughs) Exactly. Because he knows me that well. Yeah. Awesome. So, okay. So what's the next, what's the next one? Uh, Number five is rescuing your mate. Mm. Okay. And I mean, it's different than overgiving, although it usually involves overgiving, but it is taking the relationship and making it un equal mm-hmm. okay like excusing the other mate yeah he's not good at holding down a job but that should not be okay with you no okay. it shouldn't be <laughs> no and you paying for everything or you taking care of everything because it is another example of overgiving but you think you're doing it for his good or her good right friendships okay. absolutely yeah. yeah. And so you keep trying to help this person and you don't understand, first of all, that you're enabling them. Mm-hmm. If you're paying all the bills and they don't have to work, which is just one example. If you're doing all the housework and they don't have to do any of it, if you're doing all their laundry and they don't ever do yours or do their own or whatever. I mean, in any of these instances, you're enabling them to believe that this is the way it should be. So if you think that by paying all the bills and waiting for him to get a job or get stronger or whatever without you communicating and letting them know it's not okay, if you think that's going to work, it is absolutely not going to work. Hmm. You're teaching them to take advantage. So it might be a good idea maybe to give them a timeline Mm -hmm. or a timetable. It's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm helping you out right now. Mm-hmm. And you give them that, you know, support, which right. of course you're like a nurturing type person. So you want to help them. Right. But, but you want to also set up a plan for it to stop. At exactly. Some point. Exactly. But see, they're also in that four steps of healthy communication. I feel I want 
will you if not i will you have to say and if they don't have a job within three months what's going to happen mm -hmm. this is a hard one yeah that is a hard one except that you can do things like you will have to start doing all the housework and childcare. yeah exactly if, if you're not going to work Mm -hmm. then and even now during these three months i want you to help more by doing these three things mm -hmm. until you get a job so do you see how that's much more motivating right but we think we're helping these people also what we don't realize is that when you overgive to someone and rescue them and think you're doing this good deed then you think they should be grateful mm -hmm. you would think <laughs> you would think and they aren't usually and most people don't understand why because you come as you go in to rescue them you come from a position of power you're up here telling them what they need to do as you rescue them and you're acting like a parent with them mm -hmm. so they develop resentment towards you instead of gratefulness mm, that makes perfect sense yep yeah Okay. so set the boundaries and uh don't rescue people not and not not just your lover either friends yeah yeah my husband and i talk about that too just with yeah with friends exactly it's like you know i like to give people a, a hand up but not a hand out right i like and, that and it's like yeah yeah i'm here to help you for you know if you need something but you know it's like i'm not just here to like give 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 forever right. Because mm -hmm. it's not, it just doesn't do you any favors at that point. Yeah, or and, or say to someone, why don't you have us over for a change or something? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's really good just to evaluate your relationships, um, yeah. all your relationships for that matter. Exactly. And just ask yourself, what is this relationship really about? Mm -hmm. And what? And I've lost a couple of friends over this. Over that, I bet. And I look back on those relationships and it's like, wow, that wasn't a real friendship. No, no. Yeah. What did they give to me? What am I getting out of this? Yeah. And it really opened my eyes when, when it ended. It's like, huh, okay. Mm -hmm. This really was like not a healthy situation. You know, I had that happen in my life in my, in my 20s where um it seems like i had like seven or eight girlfriends and you know i would just gotten my degree in counseling and all this and so they all were turning to me oh this guy's treating me bad oh this is happening oh that's happening and i was trying to tell them help them what to do which you should never do with friends by the way <laughs> and i did that for all these these uh, women these friends so-called friends and i started developing colitis and um, back then they actually put me in the hospital for colitis they don't do that anymore but um they put me in the hospital and one of the friends came to visit and she sat down at the end of the bed and said okay here's what's going on with me and joe now and i said excuse me mm -hmm. i'm in the hospital wow. this needs to be about me <laughs> not about you and she said how dare you oh my god i'm going to tell you my different boyfriend then i'm going to tell your boyfriend mm -hmm. and how selfish you are and walked out the door and and at that moment actually it's funny because i was in the hospital i said could i see a counselor please <laughs> i talked to a counselor and i said i've had eight girlfriends who don't give me anything and i give them everything and 
Mm. I confronted the most important wins and ended the relationship with the others. Wow, good for you. And it's so funny too, because sometimes we just get those lessons and it's like the the universe is trying to teach us. Well, exactly. And and the real lesson, uh, the first one I confronted, it was the person I thought was my best friend. And I said to her, you never came to see me. You never called me. You didn't do anything. You knew I was in the hospital. And she said, well, you're the, you're the one that takes care of everything and handles everything for everybody. What was I supposed to do? Hmm. That was my real lesson. Wow. There's an eye opener. Yes. Taking on that role, I was setting up my relationships to be out of balance for all of them to think that I was the smart, cool one (laughs) and that they didn't have anything to offer me. Yeah. Yeah. So So I had to choose. Yeah. Very good advice. So everybody out there, look at those relationships and really evaluate what you've got going on. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So okay. our our next one, mm-hmm. number six. is number six, taking your mate for granted. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> well, just tell your story then. <laughs> Getting too comfortable in a relationship and having lots of expectations and for things to just go a certain way and just assuming that everybody's happy with it and just, you know, forgetting to make him or her special, forgetting to kiss them when they come in the door, forgetting, you know, and I I find this the most with people who have, have, you know, have children Mm -hmm. because they're so focused on the children that they just think, well, everything's okay between us. They just assume that. No, you have to check in regularly. Yeah. I know back when Alan and I had some fights at the beginning, he would build up things and not tell me until he kind of exploded or, or mm-hmm. pulled away. And I said to him, we need to every week, let's sit in bed on Sunday mornings and talk about any resentments any of us have, either of us have. Mm-hmm. So we started doing that. We don't necessarily do it now because we got, them all, we got almost all of them cleaned up. Hmm. It's so good to have that conversation too. Mm-hmm. And, and I also like to just talk about gratitude, you know, for your partner. Yeah. Oh and yeah, absolutely. Gratitude just opens the doorway to everything. So my, my husband and I like to start our day that way. Uh-huh. And we just are like, well, what are we grateful for? You know? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, wow, once I start actually asking myself that there's like a huge list Right. And I'm actually grateful for a whole lot of things. Mm-hmm. And that just builds those happy endorphins and, you know, that, yeah. you know, those good feelings. And it just opens up the door for more. Right. And it's like, oh, it's so healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Last night I made spaghetti for dinner, which is, and I don't even cook that much, which is Alan's favorite. So as I'm cooking, he comes up and kisses me and says, thank you so much for doing this. And I said, you haven't tasted it yet. Hold on. <laughs> Just making yeah. a joke. But he, he, yeah, yeah, I put steaks in the fridge today for my husband and he opened the fridge this morning and he's like, "Ooh, does this mean we're having steak tonight? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty good guess. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, goody. <laughs> uh-huh. Right, right. But yeah. thanking the other person, just small things. Uh-huh. Honey, thanks for taking the trash out. Thanks for uh, carrying my clothes downstairs. Thanks for whatever. 
Yeah. Thanks for wearing that sexy polo shirt that I love, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, mm -hmm. just simple. It doesn't even have to be anything complicated. No, no. And this is the one, this one and the next one are where people, you know, where, where relationships disintegrate. Hmm. Because it doesn't show respect or love or anything when you take your mate for granted. It's just sort of like, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. This is the way we do things. No big deal. And so it, 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 you know, disintegrates the relationship because I mean, it's just, you become roommates. Right. And that's no good. Instead of lovers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So and the last takes, one. That takes yeah. us to that one. Right. Leading us to the last one. Letting passion die. Right. Oh, that's, that's so sad. And I it's scary, isn't it? I've mm -hmm. talked to so many people about that one too. It's just, right. yeah, it's, it's awful. Well, a lot of my clients are um, men and women individually in, in relationships where they've let the passion die and they're either having an affair or considering having an affair. And they say, yes, we stayed together for the children we focused on the children. We didn't focus on our lives or our romance. We haven't had sex for years, they will say. And um, the passion's gone. Yeah. And they didn't try to keep it alive. Right. And even if it's, even if it's, you're older and it's not exactly sex or whatever, it needs to be hugging and cuddling and kissing and saying, I love you and things like that, which... Right. Once that's gone, again, if you take your mate for granted and you let the passion die, um, the worst part is once you've let the passion die, your mate is open to other people telling him how wonderful he is, hmm. him or her. Yeah, that's so important. So, so how do we keep it alive? Like, what are some things we can do? Well, I would say do little things like... Um, making sure that like whether you have sex or not that you have a routine i mean so many people even go to bed at different times mm -hmm. that, i mean even if you get back up and go do a project crawl in bed with with your mate mm -hmm. and hug and kiss and talk and maybe watch your favorite little show together and yeah. cuddle yeah. and stuff and at times i've said um i'm gonna watch that with you but then you know i'm I'm better doing work at night. So I'm going to get up and go to the computer in a few minutes. But, but yeah. we do that for a while just to keep that feeling going. And that, and, and it's a, it's a positive routine. Yeah. I like that. Started. Yeah. My husband and I started a, a Thursday night date night, you know, date. Yeah. So we, we make sure we go out together and we do something special, just the two of us. Okay, cool. And so oh, we date night. I thought yeah. you said date night, date night. Okay. Yeah, so yeah we, of course we have our, our date night and we set it on a Thursday as opposed to like a Friday or Saturday cause it's less busy and right. You know, it's and sometimes you want to go out with friends on those nights and yeah, things like that. exactly. So yeah. that's been really positive for us. And right. And it it's, is good. And then you look forward to it. It's like, oh, what are we doing this week? Uh-huh. True. Mm -hmm. Now, let me tell you, sometimes in marriage counseling, the people who come to me, um, you know, it, it, they've let, they've um, taken their mate for granted. They've let the passion die. And then they start date nights. And it, it doesn't work. Oh, because you got to do all that other stuff, too. Yeah, you got to do it ahead of time. Right. And you got to do it before it dies. Exactly. Once it's dead, 
these people go on these dates and they don't know what to talk about or anything mm-hmm. or they fight because mm-hmm. they've got so many resentments by them. Right. Yeah. So you got to heal, you got to heal all of the underlying stuff first. Right. Right. Which is hard when it's been, you know, for people that it's been a lot of years. That's why you have to catch these things early. Mm-hmm. In the relationship. Right. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. So, so, so uh, Alan and I, in the early years, um, I was starting to write these books at the time mm-hmm. and we fought a lot of this stuff out. Okay. It wasn't always just having a conversation. Right. I'm sure. <laughs> you know, we fought a lot of these things out and, and changed these issues. And so people say, what do you and Alan fight about? And I say, we don't because um, anything that becomes an issue, we talk about it and we say, well, remember in the past when we had an issue like that, here's how we solved it. Let's, let's use that example again mm-hmm. of how we've resolved other issues. Exactly. <laughs> so, wow. Well, this was such a great list. I love this. This is awesome. You know, my book on the seven dumbest relationship mistakes, the new copies are still selling in Barnes and Noble and on Amazon. Yeah, perfect. And I'll have a link for that um, uh, on the podcast notes. Okay. So yeah, so everybody can find uh, this book, which is just terrific advice. Thank you. I do have two other books, Loving Him Without Losing You and Bring Back the Man You Fell in Love With. Hmm. And those are still for sale, but they're old copies because it was several years ago. But they're still for sale too. Perfect. Well, I'm sure it's all still relevant information. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's all... It's all good. So, okay. So let's uh, switch gears for a minute. And um, I like to answer a question from the listeners. Okay. So uh, by the way, if anybody out there has a question you'd like to ask uh, where we answer on the show, just go to info at loveinyourhands.com. Just type your question, uh, give us your name and where you're from and your question. And if you need to submit a picture of your hand, if you want me to actually look at your hand, I will do that. Um, and then we'll answer it on the show. So today we have a question from Mike, who was from, uh, he's from Atlanta, Georgia. <clears throat> Excuse me. And here's his question. He says, I just lost my spouse of 25 years. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. Um, what do you recommend for me to move on? And will I ever be ready for another relationship? Mm. Um, so I'll, I'll start out by just saying, Mike, I'm really sorry for your loss. It's a huge trauma, whether you go through a divorce or you lose your spouse in an accident or death or, or illness or whatever, it's, it takes a huge amount of time to get over that. Mm -hmm. So my first recommendation for you is take the time to heal. However much time that is. And just be really gentle with yourself right now because you are going to have emotions coming up and it's going to be, you know, sometimes at very inappropriate times and just go ahead and just be with that. Um, It's, it's never going to be easy. Like it's, you know, one of those things that you're, you're, of course you're going to remember her and you're going to remember all those great times you had together. Mm -hmm. But your, your second question, will I ever be ready for another relationship? Well, that's, that's up to you. 
Um, some people decide that they want to be alone the rest of their lives, and some people decide that they actually want to get into another relationship. So the first thing you need to ask yourself is, will I be open to the possibility of another relationship? And I've seen people in their 70s and their 80s get married again after losing a spouse. I mean, I just came back from a cruise on, in Europe, and I met this couple who was so adorable. And they had both lost their spouses. Mm -hmm. And they had just gotten married again the previous year. So they were newlyweds. Yeah. And it was so yeah. beautiful to see because it's like, wow, love can find you at any age. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't mm -hmm. matter what age you are. You can be in your 80s, even your 90s and find well, love. My, my mother is 92 and she lost her spouse um, in August of last year. Mm. And she's living with my sister and she hasn't wanted to be with anybody or anything, but she went and looked at a different living situation in, in a, a 55 and older group mm. home. And she, there was a man as she walked out the door and he said, where are you going? And she said, um, uh, back to my daughters, but I might be back. And he said, I'll be waiting for you. Oh, well, that's perfect. <laughs> That's great. So. And my mother has always been a flirt and stuff like that. So I think she needs to go into the home so she can yeah. have connections with people her age. Right. So, okay. Well, that's great advice. So. Mm -hmm. Except, well, um, I did want to give him some advice and that is uh, to go out you do need to go out. You need to, I don't mean date someone and fall in love immediately, but I mean, go out, join some meetup groups or some groups that have to do with other people who have lost their spouses and things like that. Join some groups and just start making some new friends that don't, you know, that are different so that mm -hmm. it will help you move on. <clears throat> yeah, perfect. Okay. So, um, so Carolyn, how do people uh, work with you if they, if they want to uh, get some counseling or coaching from you. Okay, uh, my phone number is 303-333-1888. Um, and I, I have an office here in Denver in Cherry Creek um, in the summer. I have an office here now and um, I, can, I meet people there, but I also do phone counseling. And so when I'm in Tucson, my Denver clients call me when I'm in Denver, my Tucson clients call me. So like today I have five Tucson clients this afternoon that I'm dealing with by phone. Mm. So, and a lot of them even start doing it before I move or whatever. They say it's just so much easier to mm. stay at work or stay at the gym or stay wherever I am and call in and do the appointment. So. Okay, great. And I also have a website at carolyn, www carolyn c-a-r-o-l-y-n says s-a-y-s.com okay perfect well thank you so much for coming on the show it's it was fun real eye-opener and i think we learned so much good <laughs> so that was awesome and uh thank you listeners for um continuing to tune in and if you have any comments please comment and uh, let us know what else you'd like us to talk about so um, remember to live life with love and this is Cynthia Clark and have a fantastic day.